millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. We ask you to help us to upgrade the website on Facebook and the following listeners donated by hitting that donate button. So we would like to thank the following. Tessa Herring. Christine Scandalbury. Oxford Translation. Angela Melling. Victoria Cole. Elaine Cole. Kate Nichols. Julia Parker. Rachel Kennedy. Emma Williams. Helen Finlayson. Alison Johnson. Sally Wood. Andy Bent. Zoe Bajillian. Jane Curzon, Amy Norris, Helen Palmer, <laughs> Katie Blackmore, Philippa Davy, Joe Harmer, Patricia Sharps, Jan Mitchell, Terry Gardner, Lonnie J. Bihar, Leslie Greaves, oh, yes. Judith Phillips, Joanne Jackson, Helen Smith, Gillian Law, Anthony Ogden, Janice Pope, Sally Bowditch, and Mary Gillespie. You can join them by going onto dumdydum.com and also by hitting that donate button because we still have a tiny little bit of a way to go before we can actually pay our developer to get all the upgrades done. But folks, you haven't come here to hear about that. You come here because (laughs) this is Dumdydum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the black Amex card that is Royfield Brown and with me I have the bounce standing order that is... Angela Barnes. And the last part of Oliver's financial woes, folks, is you. Oh, <laughs> it's nice to see you, Angela. It's nice to be back, Royfield. I, I do apologise to the listeners for my voice. I know I sound like a teenage boy at the moment. I've, I've done almost my full month at the Edinburgh Fringe and my voice is ragged. Ooh. But I'll power through. It's going it, to be fine. Is it going well? Yeah, I'm having a great time. I'm having a really good fringe. I've just been, uh, I haven't had a single drink, Royf. Since you, a minute. You, you sound like a hairdresser. You have a really good fringe. <laughs> just, oh yeah, I have. I mean, I do have a really good fringe as well. Mm. So. I love a fringe on a bob. I do. You know, and oh, a yeah. really nice good sharp. You know, bob. When it's too short, it can look really quite severe, and then the then the woman looks nuts. But if it's <laughs> the right length, you know, a fringe on a bob looks awesome. Lovely, lovely and sleek. My mm. hair is never sleek enough for a bob. My hair is really? always too frizzy. Yeah, it gets a bit frizzy. My hair. Mm. This is, people listening are going we don't care get on with it everybody <laughs> everybody in my family has that problem frizzy hair uh, D- don't yeah. know why don't know why no, i can't imagine why yeah no. um <laughs> this week's dumpty dum comes from the fine fingers of sally hodson who has been flirting with mr naked fingers on the twitters i hear oh really oh all manner of flirting not Ooh, saying he's... that they're both single but the ladies love a bit of naked fingers, don't they? Do you think the ladies love naked fingers more than me? Uh, oh, uh, of course. Uh, not. Uh, 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 <laughs> just quickly backpedalling this it's out of fine. the cul de sac that I've it, cycled it, into. He can, um, can have them. I'm, I'm, leaving, <laughs> I'm leaving these shores. I'm going in, in days to the States 
forever. Well, there you go. You see, my Phil, what you've done is you, you've aware, you're aware you're leaving a trail of broken hearts behind you, and you've left us naked fingers to mop up the tears. <laughs> That's what you've done. In it, no. uh, but <laughs> did Angela, I get away with that? Yeah, no? you did. Did it? You, well good. done. Well reversed out of that little cul-de-sac, <laughs> Miss Barnes. If somebody would like to send us in a dum dum a bit like our Sally, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a dum dum leave us a plot prediction, or then call us on 0203-031-3105, or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Cool. Now, on this week's show, we have calls from Andrew Horn, who's angry about Chris being treated cheaply and stress relief. Glenn, full of love, who's goes on about the good, the bad, and the indifferent, and he talks about wet fish, dusty substances, who does Kirsty. Julianne Parker, who sounds like a new caller in her. Who calls in with a plot prediction and Jojo Sexy Hills, who does history and Lily? Hmm. Oh, I've got a little uh, interesting fact for you, Roy Phil. What's that? Glim Fuller Love. Yeah. His daughter, Hannah, is one of the people that works in my venue in Edinburgh. Stop it. Yeah, she came up to me the other day and she said, um, She said, Duh, do you sometimes on Dumpty Dum? And I said, Yeah. And she said, Oh, my dad's a listener. So I said, What's his name? She said, Glim Fuller Love. I said, I know who Glim Fuller Love is. And she said, oh, my God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you're embarrassed. I said, he, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, embarrassing. I, How dare she? I seem to remember that he did say some, some months ago that his daughter worked up in Edinburgh in, ah, in the arts. So, yeah, what a small world. Small, small world. world. And she's absolutely lovely. And she's looking after me brilliantly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so tell you what right before we come on to all the things you've been getting up to up yeah. north in scotland right why don't you uh tell us about your your highlights of the last seven days in ambridge well this is where you expect me to have done a monologue again isn't it no 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 because uh, right. generally after the monologue i'll say to oh, lucy you know, like, oh, you know, what the standout bits. But oh, okay. if you're feeling like I've put you well, on the spot, we could just go to the caller interest. No, no, that's fine. I said my, my highlights for this week has been Emma. Team Emma. Go, oh, really? Emma. Like, the way she stood up in that meeting and Jennifer and her bloody nimbyism. Mm. Can, you know, Jennifer, as I think Emma pointed out to her, married into money herself. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about riffraff. She was a bloody unmarried mother herself, right? She was, wasn't she? Yeah. Are you saying that unmarried she... mothers are riffraff then? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I that think that's, that's your implication. Oh, okay. All right. I'm saying that that's the sort of thing that Jennifer, I think, is talking about. But she seems to have, uh, have a very short memory, does our Jennifer? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, how dare she say that? While Emma's in the room. And then Christopher. Well, well. I'm well, glad and, Emma's got to his party. Well, Andrew Horn has got things to say about Christopher as well, hasn't he? He has indeed. Um, shall, shall we go to the calls? Let's do it. Right. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, we've got Andrew Horn. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here with a quick call. Um, I'm a bit cross with the scriptwriters this week for bringing Chris back just so that he can have a row with Emma about upsetting Jennifer and the whole I deserve housing, why did blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. You know... He's a character in his own right. He deserves more time. Um, his relationship with Alice, the dynamics there were always very interesting. He's knuckled down, worked hard, bought the forge. You know, he, he developed, he deserves more in his own right. And uh, just to bring him back for this is, is cheap. Don't like it. I'm sorry. And a quick parting comment for Rex. Um, if Anisha's stressed, and you uh, you need to re- to relieve her of that stress. There are much more fun ways that'll run up Lakey Hill, my friend. Uh, talk to your brother Toby. That's all for now. Out. Where do you stand on Chris Carter? 
I I agree with Andrew. I've, I've missed Chris being around. I liked Chris as a character, and mm-hmm. like Andrew said, I liked his dynamic with Alice because it was it was interesting to have that. That they're the only case really where those two sides of Ambridge meet, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and and it does feel a little bit. I think he's right. It does feel a little bit like oh, we need another antagonist for Emma here, so we'll bring Christopher back in because of this clash of interests. And I don't think. Christopher, I mean, Christopher's a, you know, he's not a stupid boy. And I, no, 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 no. He's a, I must admit, I can't remember too much of their dynamic growing up. I just can't remember. No. You know, so I don't know how true to life this is. You know, we always had the Grundy boys growing up and the friction between them. And then I remember a certain amount of the dynamic between Roy and Brenda tucker yeah but i don't remember it between these pair so maybe no, right. yeah you know so maybe cosmo you need to remind us was there friction between them growing up did they get along as siblings etc etc but it did you know did come over as just like odd that he wouldn't fundamentally yeah. say you know i get the point he's got his nice little cottage which he has got through his missus right and yeah, he wants the you know the countryside to be wrapped up in i don't know what the, if the word is aspect but he doesn't want it to change and i get that yeah. in that they live in a picturesque village but he can see that one of the major downsides of that is that somebody like his sister fundamentally is homeless has nowhere to go so you yeah. think he'd go yeah well sis blah 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 you know i like everything to be cute and cottagey and you know built in the in the 1800s however we do need uh, a bit more affordable housing. And it just came over as, like, unbelievable to me. But, Cosmo, help us out here, you know. Yeah. Oh, and I just wouldn't believe that someone like Christopher would ignore the needs of not just his sister, but of his niece and nephew. True you that. know, he's got a little niece and nephew there. I don't think he would be putting Jennifer before them. I just didn't buy it at all. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you. Um, Though I did like Ed's unease at the whole thing. You know, sit down, have a cup of tea. But she's just on it, though, isn't she, Emma? She's relentless all week. She's been like a Sherman tank. She's like, she's not taking any prisoners. She's blasting everybody out of her way. Good for her, missus. And that little, the little scrapbook, that, oh, when she ripped up her little scrapbook, I thought that was a really, then with the broken jug scene, with Ed and Oliver, that felt a bit heavy-handed of that metaphor. Mm-hmm. But with the the scrap Emma's scrapbook, like that is the sort of thing that I do. Like I, I'll keep little pictures of things that I see that I want oh, and the, the nice in my flat would it or have whatever. Been you know, and... A scrapbook would have been Pinterest. Maybe well, I don't know if Emma's a very Pinterest girl. I don't know how online savvy she is. I don't know if she's got a laptop. She could barely feed her children. <laughs> so it probably would be a scrapbook. Yeah. But I just thought that was really, and the way she just ripped it up, and, and I think the phrase she used was something like, you know, how dare I? How dare I have dreams? And that really, that really touched me because you know I'm from a working class family, and you're like, well, you, you know, people talk about working hard and and earning what you, but we live in a world now where you can work forty hours a week and still not be able to afford to feed your family, and that's just wrong. <clears throat> Emma works three jobs and can't put a roof over her family's head, and that's the world we live in now, and it's. Really, well, that really got to me that bit. Diana, I don't bring politics into this, but you sound like you're a card-carrying member of Momentum. <laughs> Not quite Momentum, <laughs> but I am on the red side of things, let's say. <laughs> oh, you do surprise me. Now, where... I know, shock horror. Comedian <laughs> lefty. Who would have thought of that? <laughs> where do you stand on stress relief? If oh, hello. our Anisha is a bit, you know, she's full of angst and stress... And you're her, can we call Rex her boyfriend? I don't know. But if you're a love interest, if you're her partner, how would you go about de-stressing your partner? I'll tell you what, if my partner suggested to me that I needed to de-stress and then suggested that I run up a hill, he wouldn't Mm -hmm. be my partner for much longer. I can tell you that. Run up a hill, I ask you. As uh, Andrew Horn has pointed out, there are much better ways to relieve (laughs) stress. And, um, And I must admit, Lovely Andrew well, a, a good comedy box set, maybe. Well, yeah, that is one way. Right, Field. I mean, get I don't a nice know curry what. in. Good comedy box set. 
you know, chill out with a bit of Netflix. Oh, I let the cat out of the Netflix bag there, Netflix and chill. I? Yeah, there we go. That's what you were getting at. Netflix right. and chill. Hmm. Glyn, mm. full of love now. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here, uh, back from holiday and fully caught up with the Archers and uh, Dumpty Dum. And on my mind this week is the good, the bad and the indifferent. Uh, the good, um, I like the way the Archers never really forgets a story. And in this case, it's the story of Alistair and his gambling and the horse doping and how that's sort of lain dormant for a number of years and has now returned to a great dramatic effect. So that's definitely the good. Uh, the bad, well, Anisha, surely. Um, I seem to remember that you and Rex decided this relationship was just a bit of fun for a uh, for over the summer or whatever. And now uh, you're disclosing to him all of Alistair's past misdemeanours. There's a very fine line between... Um, telling something uh, to someone in confidence and gossip. And I'm not quite sure which side of the line you're on at the moment, Anisha. So tread carefully would be, uh, would be uh, my advice. And the indifferent. Well, the indifferent to me is this storyline with Phoebe and the failed condom and the pregnancy tests and goodness knows what else. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the scriptwriters are trying to do, but it feels a bit like when someone's slapping you around the face with a wet fish and saying, I'm slapping you around the face with this wet fish until you remember X, Y, Z. And at the end, all you can remember is being slapped around the face by a wet fish. Um, so the best line in that whole storyline so far, I've been Lexi saying something like, well, Constantine's been a very busy boy this summer, so we're going to get you checked out. And if they'd just stuck with that angle, I think it could have been a much sharper and better storyline. Anyway, that's my view. Thanks for the podcast. Um, hope all Dumpty Dummers are having a great summer and you've enjoyed your holidays when you've been away and you do enjoy your holidays when you go away. And uh, Sorry to those who are not going on holiday and keep up the good work. The good, bad and the indifferent. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, good, bad and the indifferent. So this is about Alistair and his gambling horse doping storyline mm. that has come back. And, and I agree, like Good said, it's um, he likes the way that the archers never forgets a story. And I like that, that the, these things do come back and haunt you. They're That's not always not true. Dusted. Whatever happened to Daryl? Isn't he still hiding out somewhere? Yeah, but Daryl's not still in it, is he? He's disappeared somewhere. So maybe he'll be back one day. We don't know, do we? I mean, how long ago was the horse doping scandal? That's got to be, what, how long ago was that? Well, it was over 10 years ago. With now. old Hassett Harrier. Must be at least 10 years ago. Mm. And that's come back. So, you know, Daryl's just biding his time. He'll be back. Arachi storylines like herpes. It's just a matter of time before they come back. That's it, yeah. Once they're in there, they never leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Alistair um, has confronted Anisha with his problems. Mm -hmm. And now I've got to be careful here that we don't tread on to this week's episodes, haven't we? Yes. Because um, I think we're, if we're going up to Friday, Alistair's still waiting to find out whether Anisha is going to hang around or whether this was the but, final okay. straw for I'm her. I'm going to make a very um, lazy and easy plot prediction. She ain't going anywhere because she, the Avengers have written her in. So she's going to um, forgive him and be somewhat accommodating eventually, if not immediately. Yeah, I think so. Because as you say, she's just been written in and she's just started a storyline with Rex. And I, and I think we haven't heard from Pippa for a while. I think there's going to be some Pippa and Leisha tension around Rex coming up. That's my plot prediction. Ooh, how boring. But, I know. But, 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 i tell you what this does remind us. We can look at Matt through rose-tinted glasses, can't we? Yeah. He is a shit. Come on. Oh, he is a shit. He absolutely is a shit. And I think I said this last time we were on. Like, I don't deny that he's a shit and he's a bad man and he would be bad for Lillian, but it'd be much better storyline. It'd be much better for the listener. <laughs> He's much more exciting than than uh, old Justin, mm. you know. So I, I'm not saying he's a, a good man with good intentions and would be good for Lillian, but crikey, he'd be more fun to listen to. I don't know, you know. I think Lillian's new bit has got, got some hidden depths because he's going to be relentless about old Matt, isn't he? Justin's just going to go yeah. after him. 
No, oh obviously. yeah, especially with this house business now. Exactly. That's sort of you know he's really got Justin over a barrel with that, and so Justin's not going to just forget that when it's all. And and I think Matt is is coming back. Like I don't think he's going to go back to Costa Rica. I think this horse deal will fall through. Mm-hmm. He'll be he'll be staying around. I hope he will. I really like his character. Me too. And also we know that with every development in the UK. And there's yeah. also stipulation of the amount of social housing that there's going to be. You just know that however much social housing there is in that original plan, by the time those places are built, there's going to be like two left, if that, if yeah. that. And that's going to be the fallout of this whole storyline, surely. That yeah. Emma's going to be waiting on, waiting on for a dream home, which is even being used like a like a tool by, uh, by old Justin um, to stand up in those meetings and just blast every nimby, every posh knob um, yeah. out of Ambridge, out of the way. And she's going to be shafted, isn't she? I think so. And I not, think so. And not like by you say, no, not in a good way. No, I think she'll... Um, yeah, you're right. I think there'll be very limited social housing available and there'll be such huge waiting lists of families that are in more need than Emma's probably. Mm. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but I want to see her just get a little bit of luck, Emma and Ed. Yeah. Now, I've I've loved every delicious moment uh, of of her this week. It's been brilliantly oh, brilliant. acted, written, and just shows us that we do have this uh, kind of panoply of characters away from the usual suspects who can deliver when called upon. You know, for those of us that live in cities, we have this sort of chocolate box idyllic idea of what the countryside is like and how to try to portray it and, and preserve it but the fact is that there are generations of people that's their home that they've grown up in and they can't afford to live there and that is scandalous mm. you know that you get priced out of your countryside home that you happen to have been born in you've always worked in you've paid your taxes in that area and you mean nothing to those people that just swan in and want it to remain this ideal that doesn't exist, you know, and I think it's good for us in cities to remember that the countryside isn't all cricket matches and fates and that there's people hungry and suffering there as well. And preserves. We think that it's preserves as well, don't we? Oh, yes, there's lots of preserves and lemon drizzle cake, obviously. And I'm not saying there aren't those things. (laughs) But, you know, we do have this sort of lovely little WI picture in our heads when we live in cities of what it's like. And the reality is... People suffer and can't afford to feed their children and all the same problems we have in cities are happening in the countryside. We don't know badger baiting in cities. <laughs> do we? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we do. I don't know. <laughs> now it's dusty substances. The only one who could ever reach me was the son of a preacher man. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, I will preface what I'm just about to say by saying that it is Wednesday afternoon and my theories are probably going to be proved wrong by the end of the week actually being the afternoon they're probably going to be proved wrong by the end of Wednesday but here goes um first of all Kirsty uh Lucy and Royfield you were talking about uh all her good deeds and volunteering and everything um I think she's still trying to fill a huge void where that baby would have been. Um, often we we try and take our minds off things by overdoing something else, really, don't we? Um, that might just be me, but I think that's probably what's going on there. I think she's not resolved her grief from losing the baby. Um, going on to Phoebe, I think Phoebe isn't going to be pregnant. This is where I'm going to be proved wrong any minute, no doubt. Um, yes, I think she's not going to be pregnant. But I think the uh, pantomime that was darling Lily blaming Lexi for the pregnancy test and all of that is mainly going to be a plot device for the Lexi and Roy relationship or not scenario. Um I, I think what I would quite like is for Lexi to end up working at Great Gables and for that to settle down as a relationship, possibly one I don't need to listen to very often. But obviously it's going to hit the fan in a big way because Lily has uh, 
come out with such rot. Anyway, that's it for me today and uh, love to everybody and speak to you soon. Bye. Dusty does Kirsty. Yes, I think she could be right. I mean, but the thing is, Kirsty is always being like this, hasn't she? she She's always like with the Wildlife Trust and always been a an eco campaigner. So, uh, yeah, I get what she's saying that Kirsty, um, you know, is trying to probably isn't over the loss of her baby. Of course, she isn't. Yeah, that's going to take time, and it probably will come back and bite her in the backside. Mm. But I think Kirsty's always been the. I was going to say do gooder. That makes it sound like a bad thing. But I mean, you know, she's always I've never been understood right on why that expression is a bad one. Because I know it's weird. It's, it's doing good. Exactly. Yeah. It's weird that that's seen as a negative thing. Not in my book. Let's, let's reclaim no. that. Yeah, we'll reclaim do gooders. We're all yeah. do gooders because we're doing good. Exactly. And we like doing yeah. good. Doing good is good. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. Yes. Up the do gooders. i I think dusty you're spot on and i must admit i hadn't thought too much about kirsty you know she's busying herself doing good doing stuff because she's still grieving and the best way not to think about things is just by getting stuck into the bees and to but also i think what's what's lovely is the fact that she's keeping an eye on old jill you know yeah jill uh you're not getting any younger yes you've got boundless energy but don't be taken for a ride and you know and I'm loving Kirsty at the moment I like the fact that what we haven't done is solely have her crawl up into a ball bemoaning her lot regarding the miscarriage and actually what Dusty has highlighted is the fact that she is dealing with it or maybe struggling to deal with it through actually just by actually what she's doing now and 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 in a way it's actually much more kind of touching because you have to read in between the lines yeah and i think it's really realistic as well i think that's exactly what people do do you have your moment of grieving and then you Mm -hmm. go right just gotta get on with it and fill every gap so you don't have time to sit with it and think about it and actually have to you know process it if you're busy all the time um you know we've been made to sort of script writers have got us looking at jill and how She's overdoing it all, but it's Kirsty really who's got a finger in all the all the do gooding pies. True, very true. Yeah. Mm. Now, yeah. Julie M. Parker. Are we are we going to talk? Sorry, I'm. Just, oh yes, I think she talks about this. I was just going to say because Dusty Substances also talks about Phoebe and the pregnancy Ooh, test. Yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't put it in my little notes. Yeah. Right. So Julie M. Parker, you're gonna have to wait. Sorry, love. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> all right, we're coming to you. We are. <laughs> yeah now this whole pregnancy test thing i mean that scene with uh it really made me cross go the, because um, can i just say right i'm gonna leave the floor to you miss barnes right. because okay i was one part entertained one part horrified and i don't know and it really is on a, on a on a knife edge for me as to which way I, I can go with this. So right. convince me that I should be horrified as opposed to seen as seen as pure entertainment. Well, I think I think Dusty Substances uses the right word in her call. She says it's a pantomime, the pregnancy test pantomime. She talks about mm-hmm. that whole Phoebe and Lily and Lily. Well, I mean, what a busybody! I'm loving Lily. Annoying. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm loving. Are her. You, oh. <laughs> She is, I mean, she's like this now. They're, how old is she now? 16? What's she going to be like? Well, when she's... she's got to be at least 17 because she's driving, isn't she? Of course, yeah, 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 17, 18. But she's going to be, I mean, Linda Snell, watch your back. This one's coming up behind you. you well, know, if she's got a touch of the old Lindas, a touch of the Susans, I just I just love her. I'm sorry, I just got... <laughs> <laughs> I just, it was just the relish that she dealt Poor Phoebe was traumatised, right? And mm. I was, I've was i been there as a teenage girl having that scare, you know, and it's terrifying and horrible. And then Lily's there rubbing her hands together with glee, enjoying every minute of it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, um, who, who was your Constantin? Oh, no, I couldn't possibly say. Oh. I couldn't possibly say. But um, <laughs> luckily... Um, yeah, it was all fine, mm-hmm. but yeah, the the um, when Roy came in, and I mean Phoebe was just going to tell him, right? She was just going to say, "Oh, look, Dad, this has happened," which I think Roy would have. I mean, he would have been upset because it's his little girl. But you know, you have to acknowledge eventually your little girl is 
not a little girl anymore and these things happen and she did the sensible thing mm. she took the morning after pill she, you know all of that stuff and then Lily uh, decides it's uh, Lexi's and I think I think Dusty Substances is absolutely right that this is a plot device that is just there's going to be some hilarious misunderstandings now <laughs> between Roy and Lexi about Constantine that we're going to oh we're going to laugh as he gets the wrong end of the steer because she doesn't know what he's talking about and eventually they'll be together and uh, they'll take over Grey Gables and there we go OMG that's what happens when I say take they'll manage Grey Gables together OMG I didn't even think of that it's so obvious it yeah. is going to be them pair working together yeah. isn't it yeah 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 Absolutely, they'll be. They'll couldn't be the see the wood Oliver for the trees. Yeah, couldn't see the wood for the yeah. trees. There, me. There you you go. know what they should there you do. Go. You know what they should do because we're all like dyed in the wall lefties here. Yeah. Um, Oliver should uh, give Grey Gables over to be a workers' trust, and Ooh. then they can have a collective there, and they can all actually own it. <laughs> That's not going to happen, is it? I don't think so, no. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen somehow. <laughs> Lovely idea. Mm. Um, he's going to sell it, isn't he? He's going to sell it. I think that's this week's, so I'll, I'll stop talking. That's this week's episode. Shh, stop it. Right, now. Shh. Julie M. Parker. Hello, Dum Dee Dum. My name is Julia Parker, nickname Posty Parker. And you can guess what my occupation is by the nickname. I'm a first-time caller in era. And I have been listening to The Archers for 30 years. And it was when Ruth was living with Mrs Antipas and her girls, the Afghans. Generally listen to the podcast and all other podcasts when I'm out and about on delivery. The reason I'm calling is with a plot prediction, but it won't be until sometime far into the future. But uh, what sprung to mind, it's about this housing situation and when Will went off, when Caroline bequeathed to Ed and Emma the £1,000 as well. So I think Oliver Sterling will let the Grundys stay on at Grange Farm in the meantime. I don't think he'll go and live there again, but he likes the family and he'll let them stay on. So my my prediction is that when we do have the untimely demise of Oliver Sterling, that uh, when the will is read out to one and all, that the Grange Farm will still be with the Grundy family. But he will bequeath it to Ed and Emma. And uh, Will will just have an apoplectic fit, I would imagine. So uh, that's something to look forward to, if nothing else. So that's really all I have to say. I think I'm within the two minutes. I think I got all the bits and pieces you're supposed to say. And uh, hopefully I may get around to speak piping again in the future. Uh, well done, Julianne Parker. Uh, there's always something very traditional, very kind of like British Empire. The kind of days of the British Empire when people always put their you know middle initial in their name. It's like cricketers always <laughs> used to do that and stuff. I love that. Um, I don't have a middle initial, so I feel very left out. Do you not? I don't have a middle name, no. Well, you don't need an initial to have an initial, right? If that makes any kind of sense. Because oh. um, President Truman called himself yeah. Harry F. Truman. There was no F. Yeah. He just made it up. Because really? it was the fashion of the time to have a, mission, uh, a middle initial. Harry S. Truman, well, sorry, go. not F.S. before people uh, email in. Uh, Harry S. Truman, yeah. Yeah, so... Well, I'm going to make one up then. Go on then, what's I'm gonna, yours? I'm going to have... I'm going to be... I'm going to be really out there and have be X. Angela X. Barnes. No, you sound like a Black Panther. Oh, no, that sounds like I used to be Barnes and I'm not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, can't do that. Hmm. Uh, I'll have a think. I'll have a think what letter. Right, <laughs> come back to us before the end of the show, please. Uh, now, I Julia... Will. I will. Um, you, well done for going through all of the gears. You, you were awesome. Um, I can't remember. I was so floored by the fact that she went through all the gears. First time caller in her. I do this. <laughs> this is where I live. I forgot completely what she said. Plot prediction. Oh, we've actually foreshadowed a plot prediction, haven't we? Oh yes, a little yes. So this is um, 
because of how that Will went off when uh, he found out that Ed had been left the same amount of money mm. as him by Kate. He's a horrible man. You know what? You know what? I don't get angry often. Me being a chilled out Buddhist, no. we don't do anger. You know, but I <laughs> apoplectic. He's a snivelling. I'm sorry, but he's a snivelling little shit. I could not understand his reasons for being upset. I just really no. couldn't. He has got so much I out don't of understand if he was upset if Ed got some money and he got nothing. Then he might be, oh, I'm a godson. I should be getting it. But he, he's so... they got the same. Like, I know. It matter. And he's got a bloody cottage out of, of being Caroline's godson. Yeah. And he's just so entitled. And Was the cottage Caroline or was that Auntie Hilda? No. no Auntie Hilda Cap- gave him some money, didn't she? Money. That's right. She gave him a, a, a wedge load of cash, of which Clary had to remind him. I just... I, I don't get it. I re- because fundamentally and reflexively, I who is mean? Who yeah. people who are mean reflexively? I just don't get. I'm not saying no. you can't have an ill thought about people because you know some people have done bad to others, and you just think you know what that's just not nice. But his is just ingrained and and reflexive, and I don't get it. And well, it's almost his his reaction to everything is automatically oh poor me absolutely where he's doing bloody well right he's, and, and he knows it, his brother's wife have got no home and she's working three jobs and all of that you'd think he wouldn't begrudge them getting yeah, a bit he, of money from caroline as well but he does though doesn't he because you know they don't deserve it they're, they're, they're undeserving <laughs> and what i do think is interesting and I have said this before, so sorry for the dumby dum repeat, everybody. How the, the arc of the two Grundy brothers, because when they were much smaller, Will was the reasonable, steady one. Yeah. And Ed was always into trouble and into scrapes. And it used to irk Will, you know, the amount of attention that was put on Ed because Ed was just all over the place. And then there was this crossover period has happened, and I think it was when Ed did the whole kind of drugs thing and went yeah. missing. And I think Will and Ed had to go find him, and I think he was holed up in some um, drug-addled bit of the uh, Britain, some kind of seaside resort. I forget where, and, and they dragged yeah. him back. And then the two characters cro- crossed over spectacularly, where Ed just decided to knuckle down and to try and work, but it's, it's, you know. It's just bad luck, uh, be, you know, bestrides everything that he does. And Will is just an actually a nasty piece of work. He's just a thoroughly unpleasant human being. Yeah. And I, what always shocks me is that Nick seems so nice. Yeah. And that she she doesn't see through that because he's so, he's so negative about everything, Will. Everything that happens... He sees the bad in, you know, his glass isn't just half empty. He smashed it and he's cut himself with it. Like, it's just, everything is, oh, poor Will. And whereas Nick seems like such a lovely, bubbly sort of, I don't know why she puts up with it. Mm. True. But do you think he just might have the mood like Jagger in bed? Do you think that's what it is? (laughs) Oh, God, I'm sorry. A little bit sick just came into my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's got to have oh, something no. going for him, hasn't he? Oh, that voice. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, is it, um, so, uh, Julia's made a quite interesting plot prediction, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. About, think that when, in the future, when Oliver passes away, yeah. that he'll bequeath uh, Grange Farm to Ed and Emma. Has to be the case, doesn't it? Has to. Absolutely. Has to. Well, they've got no children, have they? Neither of them have children to pass well, on. Well, Oliver does have his daughter. Oh, he does. In America, she's in the States, he? so she's in New York. So, yes. you know, she's not going to want a farm. No, she's probably all right, isn't she? Yeah, you, you, you'd have kind of thought so. So, yeah, you know, who's it going to go to? And Oliver has always liked Ted. So that makes complete and utter sense. Just going to hope, yeah. not that I want Oliver to bump off this mortal coil anytime soon but you just got to hope that this doesn't happen 
before Ed and Emma are actually well too old to actually really enjoy it, you know. So they can actually kind of work there too. And I kind yeah. of, I kind of slightly don't see the point of Oliver anymore. You know, he was. That's really sad, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it's a dreadful yeah. thing to say, but you know, if you think about the plot points of this in terms of the whole wider drama, the things that Oliver um, is central to are actually pretty marginal because he's never he's never run Grey Gables. He's always he's always marginal to that. So he's not as if he can just bowl in there and say, "Saying right, you know, let's do this, that, and, and the other." He doesn't know how to run the hotel. That was that was Caroline who learnt at the hand of Jack Woolley. Um, yeah. Yes, he's the master of the hunt, but the hunt is a marginal thing in terms of a, a plot device at best. Yeah. I think it's just kind of thrown in. Isn't there like a hunt every kind of like after New Year's Day or something for another? It's something thrown, like yeah. yeah. It's thrown in every now and then to remind us that this is a, a rural soap and, you know, there is a, a social hierarchy. Uh, but yeah. it's not, you know, it's not even as regular as the. Well, it's not as important and as key to things as, let's say, uh, the panto or the fate. Yeah, or the yeah. Juice. There is yeah. there is no build up to it. It's a case of oh, there's a hunt and the shula's on a horse and then that's it and they and they ride up and, and chase some foxes and then and that's that and then yeah. bang, it's forgotten about. So the hunt isn't specifically a big thing and shula's now moved into pole position really with that. Yeah. What is there left for him because he doesn't really have any real muckers either does he yes it's it's ed but that's it it's for him to give things up to ed yeah he's he's sort of and ed's kind of he's rolling now isn't he really he's sort of established and it is i don't yeah i don't know i guess just as the he can't just come back to the village as the wealthy benefactor to well especially if he's having money troubles because his relationship with Ed is is vital, but there's nowhere really for that to go now, other than Ed, I bequeath you this, Ed, I bequeath you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So unless he is going to get involved with Grey Gables in a meaningful way, and I don't see how that's going to happen in mm. a plausible way, I don't think I don't think Oliver's too much longer for for Ambridge. I don't mean he's going to pop his clogs but I just mean he, he surely has to shut off and, uh, I think he'll go and live with his daughter in America talking about America yeah how many days until I till I get on the plane now you counting them wife I am eight, how many eight I'm all visaed up eight. oh yeah. oh I will miss you what do you mean you'll miss and me? America right now I mean goodness me what are you doing they need me they need me you put some balance yeah. back in the force, I'm do. telling you. And I go over there I with my they... brummy Jedi mind tricks and stuff and put yeah. some balance back in the force. <laughs> I guess at least in San Fran, it's not, uh, you know, you're not moving to Virginia, so I suppose it'll be. Well, Virginia is what they call a purple state. Now, Virginia is Virginia per se is actually much more um, moderate than, than you might think. But yes, the events in Charlottesville were something to behold. Um, but yeah. those those I don't understand the expression neo Nazi. Why are they neo? Why aren't they just Nazis? Why be Nazis? Nice? Just call them what they are. Yeah, Nazis. Yeah. And for somebody that studies American history and politics the way that I do, I've never understood how you can have um, a group of people uh, espousing an ideology that America in our in a lifetime has actually fought and tried to uh, and, and successfully defeated i.e nazis let's just keep on the whole nazi thing that people can yeah. be parading down a street waving swastikas and swastika derivatives and saying we are <laughs> we are patriotic americans but we are nazis don't understand it, I, I mean it just begs belief the amount of contradiction and and also just forgetting that you know White people aren't. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Native to America when they're talking about blood and uh, soil. Native to the Americas. Mm. You know, it's, it's all plumbed land in the first place. Yeah. Well, I. I uh, yeah. It's it, it's bizarre. The only thing I would say, uh, dear listener, is that um, I think 
some of you will know that I do uh, a few other podcasts as well. Uh, Mid-Atlantic this week, we actually did look at the fallout from Charlottesville and I had Reggie Hubbard, who is, he worked with uh, Bernie Sanders and his campaign last year and then ex kind of communications uh, officer of Columbia University, um, Doug Levy. And we both look, at, all three of us look at the issues around Charlottesville and I think it's one of the best shows we've ever done actually in terms of looking at and trying to decipher what is what the heck is going on um but anyway going back onto the archers yes. nazis roy tucker no he's not a nazi and i, I did uh, give him um somewhat of a, a pass last week by saying we've got to stop with the Roy the Racist. We have to allow for redemption, don't we? We have to allow people to, you know And also for the mis- misdeeds of faith. youth. You know? Yeah. If he'd had been throwing poo through uh, Usher's uh, letterbox age twenty five, I'd have a completely different view. But he was did it when he was sixteen. And we have to remember that. So stop with the Roy the Racist yeah. stuff. I know it's somewhat alliterative and funny. But um, uh, us lefties, yeah. we say we're all about giving people a second chance. So we, we can't then just throw throw that out the window when, when it suits us. So, you know, back off. Yes, is, is a Brexiteer, but, you know, there are worse things to be. So, um, Jojo Sexy Heels. One of these days these boots are going to walk all over you. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. I'm phoning up this week because I think that Lily is like one of those French Revolution women sitting there knitting away, relishing in the um, agonies of others. How she behaved with Phoebe this week had me absolutely gasping. Um, She was just so thoughtless, self-centered and nosy. And, you know, I think Susan Carter, watch out, because the nosy person up and coming on your heels is Lily Pargeter. What a little cow she was. I didn't think she was nice at all. So that's just my thoughts. Um, I'm sure there'll be a few comments on this one. Um, speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Right. Now, Jojo Sexy Heels is basically uh, what we were talking about earlier, isn't she, about Lily. Mm-hmm. I like the way she describes it like a French Revolution woman sitting knitting away while relishing in the agonies of others. <laughs> <laughs> I love That's that really picture. Uh, do you know what it is? I think Lily Pargeter, she's one of those, um, she's got nothing to worry about in her life, has she? You know, she's Very lives in a observation. A home. Very astute you know. observation. And, and I just think she has to revel in other people's problems because she hasn't got any of her own i just think what, what i will absolutely i absolutely think scriptwriter has given us a gift with lily because right. she has been written in stark relief to every other young archer's character who's somewhat kind of bland yeah you know, yeah you had you know think about it who is written in such a we've got comic possibilities with lily she can't drive. Okay. She's a blunderbuss. She she thinks that she has this great kind of social empathy. It compare that actually to Phoebe, right? Yeah. Phoebe's not anywhere near as well fleshed out. Yes, she's a she's a she's a little bit smart. She's got into Oxford, and she's had this little mishap with with, with Constantine. But in terms of you know this, Lily really is a proto. Everybody. She could go in so many different ways. She's a bit like Kate Aldridge, and he could be annoyed um, about yeah. her. She could. She can be an interfering old mini like Susan Carter. She potentially has that going for her. She has the let me sort it out for you. Can do spirit of a Linda Snell. You know, yeah. potentially. You know, she can go off in any you know kind of direction. And I just, yeah. I'm just loving Lily, and I won't have a bad word said against her. <laughs> I'm interested to see how it goes, and because if you contrast her with someone like Alice Carter, who mm. obviously growing up was similarly privileged, or whatever, but was quite bland. I don't remember like she had those things when she was away at university in Southampton yeah. and whatever. But generally speaking, she was pretty bland. Whereas Lily, at least, has a little bit of something about her. 
But it's, um, oh, what a little busybody. Oh, she's awesome. If, if I met her in real life, I'd want to give her a slap. But in the archers, she'll add some colour. Absolutely. And we're all about yeah. adding colour. Is that what people say about me on this podcast? Do I add colour? Because I is <laughs> I am a Absolutely. person of colour. I didn't realise that people of uh, people of a darker hue now are just POCs. I only discovered that on the Twitters the other day. I thought, what the hell's a POC? And it's like, oh, person of colour. Mm. There you go. Right then. Um, on that bombshell... Shall we take a quick break, then come back Let's the other side with some Millie Bell action? Lovely. But just before we go into Millie Bell, can I just say, yeah. what a bunch of caller winners we had. So much better than last week's. Yeah, great. That you're supposed to give me a Bruce Paul sight kind of comeback there. Was I? Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Oh, have I missed... oh, sorry, I missed it. I, I, I wasn't looking at the um, thing. They're all in italics, all my little Bruce Bruceisms. But anyway, let's move on, shall we? So you still want much taller? So much better than last week's. Now we're gonna have a bit... oh, didn't he do well? I see. I've, I've missed you the kind joke. Of, you've, I'm you've, an you've idiot. You've kind of ruined that now. But anyway, uh, Millie. Be- Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Help. Hey everyone. Well, the forum has not been quite as busy as Facebook, so again, we encourage you to get involved on the forum, which is a different format for allowing people to, I guess, start the threads because usually Yokel Bear and I start the threads on Facebook. Uh, some of the threads that have been started are a discussion from uh, Connor Kinsella, who's an omnibus r- returnee and had a little rant. Uh, Janice Pope, who talks about hate crimes at home farm. Uh, fat friend Matt to advise Donald Trump and fat friend also discussed wise William on the Facebook page well it was really busy but then we had so much to talk about this week it was an awesome week wasn't it we started off by talking about Clary who was incredibly funny uh, <laughs> when Susan decided that she was going to get in on this kefir like luck because she might get a promotion uh, Leslie Greaves agreed it was a brilliant episode and in that episode she also loved Lily who's a great character Sally Newey said I love Clary the angst means we don't get the inner clever funny Clary Susan was a bitch later though uh, and Sarah Gatenby Clark said not quite as unpleasant as it was the first time a phrase that apply to more than just his fermented foods so thank you very much for getting involved in that thread that was very very funny We also um, had a look at the pregnancy test storyline to see where it might be heading. Um, And Denise Tomlinson said there's no pregnancy, but impressive blazing three-way row between Roy, Lexi and Phoebes with a side order of, oh, Lily, how could you be so stupid from Elizabeth? Do you know what, Denise? I think you're probably spot on. Dave Scott suggested it's leading to Ian and Adam adopting the baby. That's what Helen's Ian would make a great dad was leading to. Wow, you do like to... uh, soak up those red herrings don't you Dave Adam will be reluctant but eventually come round to the idea 
after pressure from Ian and Jennifer. Now, there's a lot more on that thread that really did tickle everyone's uh, imagination. So get on there and catch up with us, please. We also um, decided we were on Team Emma after her impassioned speech at the parish council. And Paul Schlurs says, does no one in Ambridge or in the writing room understand that kefir is yogurt? Now, I had to look it up because I didn't think kefir and yogurt were the same thing. And I think it's like a yogurty drink, but it's not actually yogurt. Um, I'm happy if somebody would like to phone it into Dumpty Dum sometime or get onto the Facebook page and tell us what it actually is, because I know I've never had kefir. There was also a long discussion about um, Oliver's accounts and why they might have been blocked. Um, and uh, Ruth Pearl said, I think they are joint accounts and this is standard practice. Uh, Yehan uh, Dua said he needs to get probate probably. Uh, Sally Newey said, so for once the financial storyline was probably realistic, still poor Oliver. Uh, there were a lot of people um, with different opinions about whether your joint account would get uh, stopped if you um, if one of the partners dies. So uh, I'm not really sure myself after having read them all what the go is, but there's. it would appear there were a number of reasons why his account might have been stopped, including the fact that he may just have forgotten to top it up because he's used to using the joint account. And I hadn't even thought of that, so well done. We also talked about uh, Susan, who was being a little bit mean, we thought. Alison Molyneux-Johnson said, what a meanie head. I was going to say bitch, but that's not very dumpty-dum. Uh, it's never stopped us on Dumpty Dum having a little swear, so you go right ahead, Alison. And Leslie Greaves said she's like Eddie gone from lovable but annoying to vile and unforgivable. And Liz Edwards said she's really quite vile. Script writers, she needs some comeuppance very soon. And I'm going to agree with that. I think uh, somebody needs to put her in a place. We also uh, put out a plea on our Facebook page because we have a bit of a website um, emergency. So if you would like to help us with that, um, go, please go to Dumpty Dum and click on the donate on the right hand side button uh, we need to get something done very urgently there and of course we continue to invite you to our artist quiz on the 8th of September 2017 in aid of refuge um, it's at the Rose and Crown Pub in E17 so if you're interested in that please uh, let us know um, other than that Yoko Bear will be back next week we encourage you to get involved in any way with our other Dumpty Dummers um, until the next fortnight, the next time when I speak to you, I will say, Hooroo! Thank you for that, Millie Bell. You know what? Millie is my favourite. Go on. Is she yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm really stretching the Bruce Forsyth thing now, aren't I? Uh, but thank you, Millie, um, for telling <laughs> people to go onto the forum and uh, to forum away and also for reminding people about uh, the Dum Dee Dum uh, meetups that, that are happening soon. Wondrous, wondrous roundup, Millie Bell. Uh, this week, tweets of the week have come from Gore Blimey. Have I got the tweets of the week? No. Oh, I see. Gore Blimey's doing them. Yeah, got you. No, he's oh, done shut. them. He's done them. Panics there. I was like, he's was I supposed them. to do something? No, he's done them. Great. Good old Gore Blimey. Hi, this is Gore Blimey here, who some people might recognise from Twitter as at I am Gore Blimey. And I'm babysitting the Tweet of the Week section this week. Well, I gotta say, this week's omnibus might have felt a bit like a sitcom sometimes, but I really enjoyed it, especially following the tweet along at the same time. If you're on Twitter and you haven't joined in on a Sunday morning, I'd really recommend you give it a try. Just do a search on the hashtag The Archers and click latest and you can be reading along and joining in with all the wise words and quite a few wickedly funny ones too, all live as you listen along. Anyway, I've picked out my favourite tweets for this week and here they are. First up, Mike Lowe at Cots Life Editor says, How come I seem to be the only person to whom Caroline hasn't left any money? Which is quite a good point, actually. Looks like you'll have to fork out for your own bench, I'm afraid, Mike. Next up, it's the first of two tweets by Sam at Sam Mary D Mark II, who points out, Alistair said he nearly lost Shula due to gambling, but I can't imagine a card shark taking much for her, if I'm honest. Well, he'd probably get a double if she threw in a few of her meat-paste sandwiches, maybe. 
Christine Adgo, at Chris underscore Adgo, brings up both my favourite current character and my most disliked one. I'll let you guess which one's which. She says... I'd very much like Hilda Ogden to get hold of Will's tongue. That would surely shut him up for good. Well, if that was a scene, I'd probably record it and use it as my phone's ringtone. The second tweet from Sam at Sam Mary D Mark II is aimed at our F for failure, overprivileged, stroppy teenager with weeping piercings. And she points out, Freddy, if any woman sneaking looks at you, you should assume you've got a bogey. There'll be no other reason. And finally, my tweet of the week goes to Pyjama Lama at Shaz Lama, who simply says something about Constantine's Moby Dick. I don't know. Make your own joke. I'm hungover. Well, those are my choices. Be interesting to know whether you agree or disagree, or if there were others that I missed. Uh, anyway, hopefully speak to some of you in the next tweet along. Bye. Right. And then you're supposed to say, even though it's in black. Didn't he do well? Yeah, smashing. I'll do that now. Do you want to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I did the, it's comic just it, the way Didn't he do it. well? There's an Oxford Dumby Dum meetup on the evening of Thursday, the 31st of August at the St. Aldate's Tavern starting at 6 pm. Naked fingers will be making appearance entirely naked. So when was this again? Uh, I'm in. <laughs> Thursday the 31st. I all matches up to the sexy voice. I want to see if it all matches. Well, haven't you been looking at his Twitter? I haven't. I need to, don't I? I should well, have a little look at his Twitter. You, you've got his... Topless shots, haven't you? Topless shots. There's Yorkshire puddings... Ooh. Uh, it's all there. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I can't look at pictures of Yorkshire puddings at the moment. Well, if I'm on a diet and it's killing me. Um, what, what do you want to be on a diet for? I've lost two stone, mate. Have you? Yeah. I've managed to do I'll that. I'll tell you why. I, I've, just, uh, I've been swimming every day, not drinking, watching what I eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what it is, right? This is so mean. But I um, I did quite a few episodes of Mock the Week in July, and I can't mm. look at them. I I just was so disgusted with how, how much weight I'd put on because I'm happy. But um, I've got some more TV jobs in September, so I was like, right, I need to lose a bit of weight so I can actually watch myself without wanting to cry. It's interesting, though, that you said like, you've put on weight because you're happy. I have, yeah. That's exactly what's happened. We are such when... complicated creatures, human beings, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because hmm. life's nice. And, I, you know, when life's nice, you out and you have nice meals and you drink nice wine. And then before you know it, you've put on three stone. So, uh, yeah, but I'm being good. I'm being good. Yeah. Until well, Matt comes back up to visit me this week. So, has he been coming up then. every weekend? He came up in the middle weekend, and then he's coming up on the last weekend because we're going to share the driving back to London on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he'll be up this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. com, folks. Go there. We've got a shop. Uh, we've got the forum. We've got Dumdy Dogs, Mogs. And as our Millie Bell says, get your ass onto that forum. It needs some love. There's like some 300 nod, sorry, some 500 nod of you have actually signed up. Uh, to be Dumpty Dum members, go and get the benefit out of it. Go on to Tractor, pin yourself to the map, find out which one of your neighbours also is a Dumpty Dummer and also loves the archers. You can do that all on DumptyDum.com. Now, a few episodes ago, I said, please, for the love of all things holy, go and review us on iTunes. And you guys did deliver. And last week, I went through a whole exhaustive list of people who have reviewed us. Don't think that you need to stop now. Continue on with it, folks. Because the more reviews we get... I was going to do a points me prizes thing. You know, do a bit bit of a Bruce thing. (laughs) But, uh, But the more reviews we get with downloads, the further up those iTunes charts we go. Now, the other thing I'd just like to say, whilst I'm here folks is uh, we want to have a big push with Dumpty Dum in terms of um, listenership so a few weeks ago 
and we did say please would you like to sponsor us if you're a company they've got a product or something that you would like to push we are the ideal vehicle to get your message out to 30,000 intelligent witty whip smart pun loving listeners from all over planet earth but what we want to do is get our listenership up so here's your homework Angela because you're a listener right. to Dumb Dumb aren't you right and to you yeah. out there in listenership land uh, of the planet that is the planet of Dumdy Dum, go and tell two other people about the podcast this week, please. Just go and tell them about it. Email them the link of how you how you listen to it, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher or from the website. Just go and tell two other people. Just say, look, have a listen to this. It's fun. It's insightful. Okay, there's this one bloke that drones on a little bit about superheroes and politics and mm-hmm. stuff. But there's this other bloke who's actually really quite funny. He's got great pecs. And then uh, there's Angela, there's Lucy, there's Sandwiches, and they're actually like tip-top people. So if you can just get past me, actually, it's a whole world of fun. Now so, stop putting yourself no, down. No, 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 no. I call it as it is. I call it as it is. I'm the weak link. Yeah. I'm the weakest link. Now, please, go and tell two people about dum dum let's get up to 50,000 listeners wouldn't that be nice great and if you'd like to help keep our little show on the road there are two ways this can be done you can donate by hitting the donate button on the site or you can sponsor us by a patreon.com remember to get in contact you can send us a voice message via speakpipe on our website or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message from a phone on social media specifically twitter you can find us where we, you can find dumdy dum where we are at dumdy dum i can be found at royfield which is spelled r-o-i for india f-i-e-l-d and i am at angela barnes and then on the book of face you can uh, type in dumdy dum and you can uh, join in with yokel bear and with millie bell and all the various goings on there because that forum is lit man it is got a whole panoply of messages it's kind of really good fun so go and go and join in with that is that just about it what roy Hmm? do you know what what i think we've just done a whole episode together without mentioning brexit Oh, I blew it. I blew it at the end. Look at that. Oh. Well, you know what? You're actually oh, wrong because I did actually say that Roy Roy was a racist, but he was a Brexiteer, but there are worse things to be. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, guys. We're obsessed. <laughs> We're such Ramonas, aren't we? You've not got enough sleep this week, Roy. Uh, no. In a nutshell, oh. I like to save them up now. Okay, cool. I, I think it's only Save fair. them up for Lucy. loves them. Exactly. She, <laughs> she won't forgive me if I did Map Corner without her being part of it. Fair enough. I totally understand. Smashing. <laughs> On that note, can I bid you adieu? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to be back. Uh, five more days up here at the Edinburgh Fringe and I can get back to real life. Woo! Take care, Angela Barnes. Take care, Roy. Bye-bye, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.